of the year. A couple of people still joining. We're on Bhagavad Gita chapter 4, verse 18. The yoga of renunciation of action in wisdom. It's verse 18 is the last verse for this topic. How self relates to action. We said the second topic explains the self's relation with action. We all perform actions throughout our lives. We're made up of the body, mind, intellect, and the Atman, self. Without the self, we cannot perform any actions. The self is the enlivening principle in all activities of all beings. Self is the source of all actions, be they good, bad, or neutral. That's what we covered. And we covered action, but we're not going to go over that. You need to read that and uh, try and digest it and think about it yourself. Any questions before we begin? So we're going to go straight into verse 18. Kerman ya kerma ya pasyed, a kerma nicha kerma ya saputti man manush yesu, sayukta kritsna kerma ker, kerman ya kerma ya pasyed, a kerma nicha kerma ya Sabuti man manush yesu, sayukta kritsna karmakar. He who sees inaction in action, and action in inaction, is wise among men. He is a yogi, a doer of all actions. He who sees inaction, inaction. An action in inaction is wise among men, is a yogi, a doer of all actions. So, in the Sanskrit verse, he says, Karman ya karma ya. Ya means he who sees. See the second word in the verse, ya means he who sees. Now, I know it says he, but what this means is everyone, yeah? Not just the male. Benita, he means everyone, yeah? No matter what caste, what color you are, which nationality you are, male, female, old, young, it means everyone. It's just the way the verses are written. Yeah. 
Yah meanings everyone. It's quite a cryptic verse. He who sees inaction in action, and action in action is wise among men. Krishna is trying to divine human perfection. The person who's perfect. Lord Krishna is perfect. Perfection is a person who has objectivity in action. One who is objective in action. So, if you are objective, then you are a perfect human being while acting. So the question here is, what is objectivity? We've covered this a few times. But this is the uh, crux of the subject. What is objectivity? You're with me. Yeah. A person who is a human being who's perfect is one who is objective in action. Then what is objectivity? Anyone? What is objectivity? I'll give you a few examples in a minute. But just for a moment for you to think. What is objectivity? If you are objective in action, you are a perfect human being. Any ideas? What is objectivity? Well, I believe objectivity is when you view everything without, uh, what's the word, without a particular side. You view, a, you, you stand back and you're able to see the three, six, the full. Um, I'm trying to word it right with clarity, without expectation, without <clears throat> taking sides as such. Yeah, no, good attempt, Ruby. good attempt. You're on the right ballpark. Good attempt. It's not easy to explain this word. Anybody else? Uh, so you're just focusing on the absolute one focus on what you're doing so if you're if your goal is to work you continue to work without any emotional attachment any um like you, you don't feel the emotion of what you're doing you're just working because that is your objective to do and you mm -hmm. don't need to worry about what you don't drag yourself into anything if that makes sense um oh no yeah, I mean, actually, the dictionary um, meaning of the word is something that you plan to do or achieve. Yeah, so in the normal sense, that is what it would be. Something that you plan to do or achieve. We want to know who we are, the purpose of life. We want to know what is God. To understand this, we need to be objective. So in the simple sense... It's correct what the dictionary says. Objectivity is something that you plan to do or achieve. But from a spiritual sense, what we're trying to achieve is a lot more deeper. How to be objective. So if you were trying to achieve something, you'd be objective meanings, you'll be single focused, trying to achieve that goal without any other thing coming in the way. So you're being objective. Then you can be successful in whatever you're trying to achieve. But we're trying to achieve this in the spiritual sense. Anyone else? 
So this verse is saying, a person who sees the inactive principle in action. What is the inactive principle in action? Vanessa, what is the inactive principle? The self within is the inactive person and we're just acting as in our, a shell of our bodies acting and that's what we're here to do, isn't it? To get to that state, is that correct? Absolutely. The person who sees the inactive principle in action, and as you rightly said, the inactive principle is the Atman, the self within us. The Atman, the self in all actions. The other part says, the person who sees the potential and possibility of actions in the self is objective. It's very uh, cryptic, this verse. A person who sees the potential and possibility of actions in the self is objective. We're going to explain it. Yeah, Vanita? So does that mean that you're searching for the self within, knowing that the self is inactive? Yeah. But when you find yourself, then you're just working towards like you're then just completing your what you're doing on stage or your performance. Yeah, you got a you got a you got a, a rough idea of it, but let's just uh, keep it simple so that everyone can understand. A person who sees the inactive principle in action, meaning the Atman self in all actions, and the potential and possibility of actions in the self, is objective. In other words. Being objective is an awareness of the God principle in all life. In a simple sentence, it's an awareness of the God principle in all life. Benita, could you read paragraph one, please? The verse speaks of human perfection in terms of action. The wise one remains ever objective in action. Objectivity means looking at life as you would a movie on the screen, acting in the world as an actor on the stage. The Sanskrit word for objectivity is Sakshi Bhava. The more objective you are, the more perfect you become. When you reach the state of absolute objectivity, you become a complete Sakshi. You become one with the Supreme Self within perfect yogi. Since the self is the prim primeval source of all actions, you become the doer of all actions. So it says, the more objective you are, the more perfect you become. That person is wise. So, in layman terms, it means wherever action is being performed, you go to Piccadilly Circus, so much action is going on there. Everyone's running here, there, everywhere. Yeah. You are able to see the self-functioning in all that action. If you can do that, then you are wise. Wherever you see any action, you see the self. So it's identification with the self in everything. Whatever you're doing, identifying with the self. What are we identifying with? 
What's a normal person identifying with? Anyone? Let everyone think. The human form, the body. Body, mind, intellect. Everyone's focusing on the body, mind, intellect. Look at that person, the way he's doing this. Look at her, how she's talking. Yeah. But a wise person sees the self in everything, not the personality. So it's the identification with the self in everything. You see the expression of the self in everything that's going on. It's a change of focus, change of perception. You're being objective. God is everywhere. You see this, you understand this. Your vision changes. Your husband is always angry, stressed when he comes home from work. The person who recognizes self in the expression of his anger is a wise person. If you see the self in the anger, you are a wise person. Can we get there? Can we all get there to that level? Yeah, good. So changing the focus. You don't see the personality, you see the self in everything. Another example, Swamiji gives this example. Who's been to Dubai? Have all of you been to Dubai? Yeah, everyone's okay. When I went in the early 90s, I stopped over in Dubai. There's hardly anything there. No high rise blocks, mainly desert. One street, one main street. I was paying 25 pounds per night in a five-star hotel, but it was nothing like the five-star hotels there now. I used to go and have a meal for a pound. It's just a normal town. Just a trading town. Then a person saw action in the inactive principle. What is the inactive principle? What is the inactive principle behind Dubai? That made it successful. What is the inactive principle? Think about it. Is it tourism? Tourism, okay. Before tourism, what is the inactive principle that makes the empty land? Available? Sorry, the empty land. Empty land, okay. No. Somebody's vision. Vision. How can he? How can he fulfill that vision? What's the inactive principle? The oil, the money. Oil. Someone saw the inactive principle in oil. Otherwise, it's just black stuff coming out of the ground. He saw the potential of what that can do. The person who saw that was wise. Now, what is Dubai like? Because someone saw the potential. Similarly, if you identify with a self in all activity going on around you, you're an objective person, a wise person, a spiritual person. 
that's a wise person. Whoever saw the inactive principle in oil that can create this. And then tourism, everything came afterwards because he built something that everybody wanted to see. This is a wise person, a spiritual person. Dharmesh, did you have a question? Okay. Any questions? Yeah, so. It's difficult, isn't it? Because really, if we're thinking about, that's the absolute point of view as such, mm. but in relative terms, I suppose we've been learning up to now that we, um, when we come across challenging situations, we identify with the person's vastness and not the individual itself. That person is behaving in a particular way because of their own vastness. And even me, I'm you know, reacting in that particular way because of my own vastness. So really, if we're thinking about this verse, you know, it's going beyond vastness and um, saying identify with the self. So, even, even identifying with somebody's vasanas is supposedly supposed to be wise. So it's a progress. We're talking from, this verse is talking from an absolute perspective. We can't expect everyone after this class having that outlook. Yeah. And that's impossible. Unless you've got one vasana left, then possible. But, so, but this is telling you that from the absolute perspective, this is how a self-realized person uh, how you become a self-realized person by having this stance while you're living life as a human being. Yeah, so this is an absolute perspective we're talking. So this is the goal, the final goal. When you're able to do that, you're 100% objective. Right now, you may only get that, the odd occasion, you may get that glance. Another example, an actor plays a role in the movie. Imagine Harrison Ford, he's playing Indiana Jones. Yeah, we've all seen that. I have to give realistic examples. Everyone's seen Indiana Jones. While he's playing the role of Indiana Jones, he's objective, meaning he understands that he's not really this person, this person called Indiana Jones. He's actually Harrison Ford, isn't it? That is objectivity. He's just playing that role. That is being objective. Similarly, in life, we are playing this role. Joshnabin, mom, dad, brother, sister, doctor, nurse, businessman, accountant, housewife, etc. While you are playing these roles, you understand you are not this person. You understand you're not this person. You understand you're not this person. What are you? The self. You are divinity. But you've forgotten that you're divinity. That's the problem. When you can do that, that is objectivity. This person becomes a sakshi, a witness to life. So he's talking from absolute perspective. 100% objectivity, you identify with the self. 100% you merge with the self within, meaning 
You become one with the self. It's an experience that you go through. And when you have that experience, you see the world completely differently. That's why you see, uh, you read about Swami Ramatita, uh, Mah Swami Maharishi, all these people who had that experience, they're completely different. Their stance to life is completely different. We read about them thinking how they are. They've reached that state. They become a different person. Any questions? If you only get 10% of this verse, it's enough for now. Vanita, verse, uh, paragraph two, please. This verse attempts to define objectivity and explain a method to practice it. In objectivity, one sees the inactive self in all actions, as well as the potential and possibility of actions in the inactive self. A wise person recognizes the supreme self in all activities and views all activities as mere expressions of the self. He is like an electrical engineer, recognizing the existence of electricity in the functioning of all electrical, electrically powered equipment, and the potential of all electrical energy can even energy can even without the existence of all of equipment. In the ultimate state of objectivity, the wise one merges with the self and becomes the supreme sakshi. There's another example there. An electrician sees electricity flowing through all gadgets. He doesn't see the gadget. He sees electricity flowing through the gadget. He understands all gadgets have a different expression. A hairdryer blows air. A fridge freezer keeps cold food cold, etc., etc. But a wise electrician understands that even if there is no gadget, the electricity is still there. Yeah, you plug something in, there's an expression. Yeah. A wise person understands electricity is still there flowing. Any questions? So the more you study, the more you um, learn, the more you uh, increase your wisdom, the more you're able to imbibe this, the more you're able to express this, the self. And that's a journey each individual person has to have, maybe. It's different for everyone. That's the goal of a human being. So that's the last verse for that topic number two, self in action. So hence, it's the last verse. It's talking from the absolute perspective. Any questions before we go to topic three? So topic three, actions of enlightened, not binding. Verse 19 to 24 is five verses. And it's saying, once you've reached self-realization, somebody asked this question last week, how does his actions affect him? His vasanas, his desires, how, do they, how does he behave? So these five verses explain that when, they, when a person reaches that stage. You read about a great sage, as we mentioned a few. Why are they behaving this way? We can't understand it. 
these five verses explain. The third topic in this chapter explains how when a person has merged with the self, he is free from desires. No more new desires are generated. The actions no longer bind them to the world. They are free from suffering and sorrow. They are totally liberated, free from worldly involvement. They don't want anything. They're just walking around in this cloth cover that they cover around their body. Nothing else they need, nothing else they want. Whatever food is given to them, they eat. No desires. Verse 19. He whose undertakings are free from desire and expectation, whose actions are burnt by the fire of knowledge, him the wise call a sage. So who is a sage? He's free from desire and expectations. Actions are burnt by the fire of knowledge. Him the wise call a sage. With the fire of knowledge, what knowledge, anyone? What knowledge are they talking about here? Dharmesh, what knowledge? Understanding of the self, what the self is. Knowledge of the self. What happens when you gain this knowledge? Yeah, Dharmesh? You gain wisdom and you them in your life. And what do you do with that wisdom? Destroy your desires. Destroy your desires. Then what happens? All your desires are gone. No more desires. You are free from desires. Means you have realized the self. This person is called a wise sage, which is what this verse is saying. With the fire of knowledge, you, dis you use that knowledge to gain wisdom. You eliminate your vasnas, your desires. Once you've eliminated all your desires, you realize the self. This person is called a wise sage. That's it. That's what we have to do. Any questions? So we're all gaining this knowledge. We are all gaining this uh, fire of knowledge. We're all gaining that. What we have to do is apply it. That's the difficult part. To apply it to reduce our vasanas, our desires. That's the key. We are the spirit and matter. Spirit is self, God, Atman, and the matter is this physical personality, your body, mind, and intellect, what you see in the mirror. These are basics. 
The self enlivens a human body to act. Without the self, we're just matter. What is matter made of? Water and elements. That's it. We are the self and not this matter. We are not this body, mind, intellect. This is what the Gita is saying. But due to our ignorance, we only relate to the body, mind, intellect and not the self. Due to our ignorance. And because of this ignorance, we go through the three conditioned states, which are, what are the three conditioned states that we all go through? All of us. Three conditioned states we go through. Yeah, Dharmesh? Deep sleep, dreamer, and waking. So this is what we're doing throughout our lives. Waking, dream, and deep sleep. Because of our ignorance. In the, as a waker right now, we have vasanas, thoughts, which is the intellect, emotions, which is the mind, and our physical body. This is who we are right now. Is that clear? As a waker, you have the vasanas, your thoughts, the intellect, emotions, the mind, and physical body. These three things. Last night when you're dreaming, you had the vasanas, thoughts, intellect, emotions, mind, but no body. Body was lying in state. Not available to you. And then you go to the deep sleep state. You have the vasanas, which are dormant, and that's it. Last night you went through this stage, dreamer and then deep sleeper. Right now, we're all the waker, I hope. You're a waker, yeah? Good. Means you're not sleeping. Our whole life, we're going through these three states of consciousness. We don't know anything else. This is our life. Hema, could you read paragraph one, please? Your mic isn't on, are you? Sorry? I can't hear you. Sorry, read Yeah, no problem, go on, Rui. Sorry, Topic three, compromising verses 19 to 24, shows how the actions of enlightened souls are free from vastness, desires, and bondage to the world. The self, pure consciousness, expresses itself through your causal... Hey, can I just stop you? There's a background noise. I'll read it. Okay. Topic 3, comprising verses 19 to 24, shows how the actions of enlightened souls are free from vasanas, desires, and bondage to the world. The self, pure consciousness, expresses itself through your causal, subtle, and gross bodies as deep sleeper, dreamer, and waker. The causal body is constituted of vasanas, the seeds of your personality. Emotions and thoughts make up the subtle body. 
The gross body is your physical body. You spend your entire life either as a waker, dreamer, or deep sleeper. As a waker, you experience the world of objects and beings, emotions and thoughts in the waking state of consciousness. The entire waking world folds back when you enter a dream and become a dreamer. As a dreamer, you experience the world of objects and beings, emotions and thoughts in the dream state of consciousness. The dream world also falls back when you enter deep sleep and become a deep sleeper. As a deep sleeper, you experience a blankness of, or nothingness. Your life revolves around these three states of consciousness, waking, dream, and deep sleep. These are conditioned states. You're always in a state of conditioned consciousness. You do not realize that you are the pure unconditioned consciousness, which is the substratum of the three states. You do not know your true identity, that of the Supreme Self, apart from the above threefold experiences. So these are all conditioned states of consciousness. What does that mean? Conditioned states of consciousness. These are all conditioned states of, we're all going through conditioned states of consciousness. Means the self conditioned by these states. Water conditioned by Coke, Fanta, Pepsi. You never tasted water. You've only tasted those three things, Pepsi, Coke, and Fanta, but you've never tasted water. Same thing. You're going through these three states of consciousness, but you don't understand that you are the self. You are not this waker, dreamer, and deep sleeper. Saying you do not know your real identity. We're ignorant. So, with the, the self-knowledge, the person who has knowledge of the self eliminates his vastness. He merges with the self meaning he no longer identifies with these three conditioned states of consciousness. There's no desire to initiate, enjoy anything in the world. He is said to be a wise sage, liberated from the waking world. It's deep, deep stuff this is. This wise person continues to act in the world but unlike an ignorant person has no interest in the fruit of action, meaning no craving to acquire or enjoy anything in this world, though he may enjoy it. He may enjoy it, but he has no desire to enjoy it. He has no desire to acquire anything. He's just a sakshi, a witness to life. This is the ultimate state. This is what we're talking about. Any questions? We're talking from absolute perspective here, by the way. So, you know, don't be hard on yourself if not all of it makes sense, yeah? You really need to contemplate on it, think about it. 
you know, sit in a quiet corner first thing in the morning and think about it. Read the verse and think. It could take you one hour just to think on that one verse and you'll get some inkling of what they're trying to say. You can't just get it like that. It's impossible. Yeah. So next paragraph. The verse glorifies that rare person who has realized the supreme self, who has been kindled by the fire of self-knowledge. The wise call him a sage. He works in the world in a spirit of total detachment. He does not see himself as initiating anything new in this world. He has no sense of arrogation to any kind of activity. No sense of doership or enjoyership. The fire of self-knowledge burns all his actions in the sense that he has no craving for performing any action, nor has he any clinging attachment to the fruits of action. He acts free from desires and expectations. Imagine a waker entering the dream world with the knowledge of the waking world. What would be his attitude? towards that illusionary world? Would he start to take, start any undertakings in the world? Would he entertain any desires or expectations therein? The fire of the waker's knowledge instantly frees him from all undertakings, desires and expectations in the dream world. Similarly, when a sage acquires self-knowledge, he becomes instantly liberated from the waking world. Who would like to explain that example? It's giving an example of a waker entering the dream. Can you get your head around that? Who can get their head around that one? Shalabin, any idea? Go on, try. No? Okay. Anyone else? Yeah, Dharmesh, go on. Give it a go. As the waker, you know what the reality is. You enter the dream knowing that there's no point in acting in this dream because it doesn't exist. No point wasting your time. Would you start, start a new business? Someone gives you a business opportunity in the dream. You wouldn't bother because you know that it's short-lived. And you know that it doesn't exist because you are the waker. You're going to go back to your reality. Someone's giving you 50% of Apple shares. You don't want it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you, you live in the waking world, and you know the waking world is your real world. So in the same way, if you uh, self-realize, you know the waking world is not your real world. And everything you do there is just illusion. Miss World fancies you, Dermesh. The wife would kill me first. <laughs> <laughs> not interested. <laughs> So, very good. Thank you, Thomas. Same thing. It's saying a self-realized soul, when he acts in this world, knowing that the knowledge of who, what the reality is, that he is the self, when he acts in this world, the waking world, this is exactly how he behaves. How Dharmesh would behave in the dream world with the knowledge of the waking world. Hmm? Dharmesh isn't phased by anything. He doesn't want any desires in the waking world, in the, in the dream world. He doesn't want nothing. Similarly, 
because he understands it's, an, it's just an illusory dream. Similarly, the person who's reached that stage, when he comes into the waking world while he's acting, he acts in the same way as Dharmesh would in the dream world. Yeah. So, Vanita. So it's like saying that you are Krishna and you're just in the role of this person. So you're acting that on that role, but you know that you're Krishna inside anyway. So you're just doing what you need to do, whether you're waking, sleeping, dreaming, it doesn't matter, isn't it? It's all illusion. Does it matter what you're doing in the dream world when you're dreaming? Once, when, when you know that that is a dream, does it matter what you're doing there? No, because it's not when you wake up, it's not going to be there. It's the same thing when you awaken in the waking world, that it's not who you are, so it doesn't matter. So we're conditioned by the waking state right now. A person who becomes free from that waking state, who understands that this is just an illusion, how is he going to behave? How is Ramana Maharishi going to behave? How is Swami Ramatita going to behave? Swami Tapavan, how are they going to behave? How is Jesus Christ going to behave in this waking world? You see what I mean? This is exactly what this verse is saying. He has no attachment. He has no desires. No matter what you give him, he has no interest in, in it whatsoever. Death comes to him. He embraces it. Death comes to you in the dream, but you know you're a waker. You embrace it. Okay, kill me. You know what? Shoot me 10 times. I don't care. <laughs> Same thing. Totally objective. Dharmesh is totally objective in the dream world. Similarly, a self-realized soul is totally objective in the waking world. That's it. So we've got four more verses to uh, go over of how a self-realized person behaves in this world to give you a perspective. Otherwise, it's just uh, words, words, words. You have to understand. this, And this, this is all written by self-realized souls, by the way. So they're giving you from their perspective. They're telling you this is how it is. You read the uh, Upanishads. Every verse in there is written by a self-realized soul. So it's from the absolute perspective. Any questions? So these are the two verses we're going to take today. Um, now, we've got 10, 15 minutes. And I wanted to open the forum if anybody has any questions um, that they'd like to discuss. Um, even people who don't have their videos on, please, you can ask any questions about this subject or life in general. Uh, and we can just have a quick chat about it. Uh, we've got all these great souls present here who can help to answer that. So if you have any clar clarification, then please let's use this time to do that. And as I said, this is the last class. We, the next class will be on the 9th of January. Next week, we have, I have an engagement, and then it's Christmas, and then it's New Year's weekend. So the next class won't be till the 9th. Um, 
So if anyone has any questions, we can take them up. About this subject, this topic, anything at all about Vedanta or life in general. Danish, do you have a question? No? Okay. Uh, I have a question. Yeah, please go. Uh, not, not regarded to the topic, but uh, I remember last year we had collected monies throughout the year uh, as donation. I don't know, Ravi Patel, is that still happening? I'd like to contribute again at the end of this year for, for that donation. Sorry, that didn't catch that. Yeah, we, we there's um, people that are already paying into an account. So we, we still got Gavin. I think um, late August, September, I sent a message of the funds we've got gathered so far. So are you saying how much are you saying you want to add to that? Sorry, well, sorry. I want to add, I think I said, like when we started, I said, I'll just do a once off, once a year contribution. Okay, that's fine. I'll send you the details again if you want. Yeah, it's not worth Thank you. Just put it on the group. Yeah. I'm not privy to this, so I'm not, I don't know anything about it. I'm a sakshi to this. Anything else? Any other questions? Rishi, good to see you. Any questions? Uh, um, I was going to ask, when, when you are in the dream world, as it's easy to confuse, was it apathy for it, saying, no, don't care, don't care, don't care, to someone who's like a Someone who is supposedly self, who is sorry, someone who is self-realized. What's the difference in the way they act as opposed to someone who just doesn't care at all? Because um, it, it's quite easy to go down the route of well, if it is an illusion, doesn't make a difference. Don't need to do anything. Don't need to worry about anything. Yeah. So, good question, um, Rishi. Very good question. Um, and we will be going more into this sort of uh, this question, what you're asking, how a, per how a self-realized person behaves in the world once he's reached that stage. And this is just the first verse we're covering that. But how would he behave? How, anybody, how would a self, you're asking me, how does a self-realized person behave in the world? Does he have empathy? Does he don't care? You know, what kind of attitude does he have? Well, right? I, have I have an idea of, of how, how they would be. Is, is it... Is, the case of well the idea is that they see the self in everyone so they connect with all people regardless of you know who they are yeah but beyond that I, I'm, I'm not too sure what the what the difference would be okay kind of Maybe. in a day-to-day -day, like aspect like what they would do how they would act and things like that mm. good question anybody how would uh, this person behave yeah, I think they'll behave with a lot of compassion and accepting uh, the person they're witnessing in the behavior, uh, non-judgmental, and just help him out through the process if that person do approach them. Hmm. Otherwise, they'll just be a witness to how the person is unfolding into his life. Or uh, that is how I would see a realized person. And they're generally very calm. They're always very different. The energy level is also very different. That's if we look at that person in a particular way or we uh, realize 
that this person has uh, these special auras in them, within them. Yeah, okay, okay, good, very good. Anybody else? Yeah, Vanita? So a self-realized person, say, say I am a self-realized person, I still have my responsibilities as a mother, a daughter or whatever. So I still have to act as that person because that's my physical form. Mm -hmm. But I have no attachment to anything. Um, I don't really, I won't worry about how people treat me or how I, I wouldn't, it, it wouldn't affect me. I just do my duty as that person that I've been, what my, whatever I've come down to do. And that's, that's all I need to do. I don't need to worry about who's doing what, who's behaving in a way. You have to finish your role. So you can't just turn around and say, oh, you know what? Bye, mom. Bye, dad. See you later, kids. I'm going to the mountain and I won't be back because that's not the role you chose to do. So you have to carry on with what you're doing. So that is your duty, a part of even though knowing yourself realize you still have to people are doing wrong maybe you can help them but it's their life it's their karma it's their it's their doing so you can't change that i suppose that's what i understand from it when it has just explained objectivity <laughs> another example of objectivity but yes absolutely everyone will behave differently rishi yeah Everyone who's reached self-realization will re behave differently because they've all lived different lives. But they've reached that goal. Yeah, their outlook and view of the world and life in general is very different. Complete detachment. Ravi, did you put your hand up? Did anybody else put their hand up to explain our self-realized person? He'd be completely detached, but he will carry on playing whatever role he was meant to 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 play. Yeah, he will move. He'll finish that movie, whatever movie he's is acting in. He'll finish it, but knowing that he's acting in a movie. One minute, eleven. Yeah, but everyone's playing a different role. But another answer to your question is. He understands everyone is the self, everyone is divinity, just like me. So he will treat everyone like he would treat himself. There's no differentiation, there's complete identification. Universal love, you can call it, as Sittle just said. And that's how, and if you look at past saints, Jesus Christ, how did he behave? There are many other saints that we can take example of how did they behave lord buddha how did he behave so but that's from the absolute perspective but a normal person your mom reaches that state she'll still be your mom and she'll still tell you off <laughs> but she'll tell you off with love <laughs> yeah Vanita. so because of your your previous vasanas your personality as such so you have to stay in that clay because that is who you are so you can't change that about you you're not going to does that make sense yeah i mean what i'm what i may be trying to get at is here is that the, the examples you gave are like the saints the like jesus christ buddha and all these these people so they almost uh 
they detach themselves like completely as it were from their duties some of them did right so different instance and they all of those people made like large impacts on the wider society mm. so then is then someone who is self-realized is it almost a trait of them that they do make an impact on the people around them not necessarily okay so there are some people who literally are self-realized yeah. just walking about as if it's yeah. okay so there's there's nothing in them to kind of help anyone out either well whoever wants help and they approach him they see like Shilabin said they see something special in him okay if this person is not affected by anything he's detached you know what's it what's what what is this quality that he's got i want to learn that i'm affected by everything so they may go to him and say you may go to your mom and say mom how come you're not affected by anything please tell me and she may teach you well you're the self you're not this personality so if someone approaches that person and they have the capacity to explain that state they will do so so it's not, not given. it's not a given that it's someone who is realized can then also teach anyone else okay Rishi, no. uh, I, I will I think a lot to do is with emotions when a saint he doesn't he won't react to another person's emotion very easily like he'll be he'll be very calm because when you react to somebody who's angry and say if i somebody is shouting at me and i become the same person i also become angry towards his reaction then i'm not realized but as a, a self-realized person won't get angry he'll just let him be angry he'll just do his thing and he may say a few lovely words to him and just move away. So I think it's also to do a lot with emotions and anger, because if we uh, know how to control these things, it, I think it's the first step for us to see within us mm -hmm. is breaking that or cracking that code of action and reaction with emotions. Okay. But thank you, Shlevin. But from the absolute perspective, everyone will be different, Rishi. Yeah. 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 Your mom becomes self-realized, she'll behave differently from your father who becomes self-realized. But they both know the truth, that this whole waking world is an illusion. But the role they play will be different. But deep inside they know it's an illusion. And that's the difference. But how to express may will be different. Okay. Good question. Any other question? Vinita, did you want to add something? Yeah, I just think because we have this conditioning of an understanding of how a spiritually realized person is, it's almost like a you know, like, oh, the Buddha was this person. So we almost think when you have this spiritual enlightenment, you're going to become a certain way and you're going to be like. Yeah this amazing magical person that's why Hello. Hello, that yeah because we have that visualization or, or that thought we think that that's what's going to happen but it, in general terms it's abs could be very very far from that and that's the conditioning we have because that's what we've been told that's what happens to people but there's lots of i presume there's there's been hundreds of people thousands of people i did a bit, bit of background research there's so many women that are enlightened mm. that we know nothing about 
Yeah, absolutely. We don't know. We only know a few people who have been praised and glorified in in the, because of the three four religions that are in the world. Yeah, but hundreds thousands have become self realized in the past. We don't know nothing about them. The art, the uh, Upanishad is written by self realized souls. We don't know any of their names. If we ever cover that, but there's no names written by anyone in there as to who wrote this and they're all talking about the self the state of the self because they've beaten it they've got to that state and talking from that perspective so, anyway. so it's time to call it a day end of class and um, please uh, use the sunday mornings not to party but uh, to keep in touch with the knowledge if you can just so that in the new year, you'll still be, have some connection. Otherwise, this knowledge can easily be lost in a few weeks. If you don't keep in touch with it, you'll be back to square one. You know, it takes more effort. So try and keep in touch. You can listen, read some of the Gita verses, the work we've covered. You can listen to podcasts, whatever, but keep in touch with it. Yeah. Great. See you in the new year. Have a wonderful celebration.